Hello, everyone, and welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Job Search Guide, where we cover all topics related to your job search. As you begin a job search, your personal brand will become an important part of your success. To learn more about creating personal branding and how a personal brand can boost your job search, I'm speaking today with Sherry Thomas. Sherry is a career strategist, international speaker, a career development and leadership coach, and she's also the award-winning author of Career Smart, Five Steps to a Powerful Personal Brand. Thanks so much for being with me today, Sherry. Hi, Jenna. Thanks. Happy to be here. So just to start off with, for those who maybe are unfamiliar with what a personal brand is or personal branding, how would you define personal branding? Sure. Well, you know, I like to start off with an exercise. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe your listeners and I and you can all do a quick exercise together. It kind sure. of helps just get the point across a little bit more. So I want you to think of somebody who you really respect and admire and write down the name of, of that person. And it's somebody that you just ultimately would love to somehow get connected to in your career. You want to either work for that person or with that person or have that person as a customer or just ultimately you would just love to be connected with that person. Okay. And so now what I want you to do is I want you to think of three words or phrases that would describe that person. Okay. Just to share a little bit. So there's a person that I've written down here and the three words or phrases that I use to describe her are the first one is just scary smart. Mm-hmm. The second one is highly influential. And the third one is charismatic. And that's what, that's what I think of when I think of her. Do you want to share, Jenna? Do you want to share like one of the words that you... Yeah. Um, intelligent. Good. Okay. So now let's do the flip side of that exercise. So the flip okay. side is now I want you to think of somebody who you don't admire and respect, and you just really don't want to be working with that person in any way. Okay. And a lot of times we think of a past manager, a past peer, a past customer, or a current manager, <laughs> <or> <laughs> customer. but the same thing, you know, think of that person, write that person's name down. And then I want you to think of three words or phrases that would describe that person. So just to share, I wrote down the person's name and then, you know, this is kind of harsh, but this is, this is what I think of. And mm-hmm. it, it's the past manager that I had many years ago. And, you know, what comes to my mind is I think he's lazy and I mm-hmm. think that he doesn't care about the company and I think he really doesn't care about the team. But what I want to say here is that, you know, we all have perceptions. We all have perceptions and it's not good or bad and mm-hmm. it's not or wrong. It's, it's our perceptions and it's based on other people, how they treat us, their words, their actions, what even what other people say about that person to us, that it all shapes our perceptions. And so the question that I would have for your listeners is, what do people think of when they think of you? Hmm. You know, what does your manager think of when he or she thinks of you? What does your president or VP think of when they think of you? Because they are thinking something. Mm-hmm. And so that is really the essence of personal branding. So I first had that question come into my mind. This is years ago when I was losing my job and there was nothing I could do to keep it. And I was really spiraling downward. I was angry. I was really scared. I was frustrated. I couldn't figure out what I did wrong. Looking back, I didn't do anything wrong. It was really a a money decision to cut the department down in size. But Mm -hmm. this 
question came into my mind after about a week of being laid off, which is what do people think of when they think of me? And the question just scared me. It, it scared me and it made me mad. And I thought, wow, where'd that come from? And I just tried to dismiss it out of my mind. And the more I dismissed it, the more it kept coming back until finally I realized I was more frustrated at that question than I was at my situation of being laid off. And I finally thought, well, what, what's my answer? And I thought, well, I guess I don't think they think very highly of me or else I wouldn't have lost my job. And I thought, okay, fair enough. And then, and then once I was able to answer that, get that little tiny answer out, then the flip side of that question came in, which is what I really liked, which was, well, what do I want people to think of when they think of me? And I liked that question. That question I had more control over. And that's what I would encourage your listeners to think about. What do you want people to think of when they think of you? Because then I realized I could start shaping perceptions. I could start shaping the message I want to send as I step back into the next phase in my career. And that gave me some, some ways of thinking about it more proactively. Right. And so that sounds like it kind of leads into what was the first step in your book, Career Smart. Of course, in that book, you list five steps to a powerful personal brand. And the first one is defining who you are. So I think you touched on that a little bit. What other tips would you want to give as far as going about this process of defining who you are? I list out the, the whole process in one of the chapters in the book. But to share with you, some of those include your core values. Those are so important. Core values are things like you might put family as a core value. You might put God as a core value. You might put Mother Earth and you know protecting the environment as a core value. I don't like to give a lot of examples because I think it'd be mm-hmm. too easy to just say, oh yeah, that's one of my core values. Yeah. I'll talk about it very deeply. But the reason why I think core values are so important is because I did find myself in a company where the business values did not align to my core values. But I couldn't have articulated that. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew I felt like a what's it called a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. You know, I I just felt like the, I felt like the problem was me. I felt like, what's my problem? What's my problem? What's my problem? I should be really happy in this company. I should be really happy in my job. At that time, I was a disc jockey and I should have been delirious. And I knew I should have been delirious. My mind told me I should have been delirious, but there was a real rub against the business value. So that's one reason why I think it's so important to really define your core values so that you can, as you look for your next job, really align that. And so you feel good. A lot of times when I speak, I have people come up to me saying, Sherry, I feel like I have one personality inside the company. And then I feel like, you know, I have my real personality outside the company. I feel for those people because I've been in that situation. And you, I, I think that you'll never be really happy in your job if you have to change your personality. So core values are important. Defining your passions are important. An example I give is that I used to be I used to be marketing girl. I loved marketing. I was the president of the National Association of the American Marketing Association. I I had a job where I lived and breathed marketing. I used to be marketing girl and I loved it. I was really happy for doing that. But after several years, I realized that I outgrew that passion and I was really interested in other things. And so it's important to realize that if something has been a passion your whole life, well, really consider it. You know, is it still a passion? Maybe you've outgrown it. Maybe something else is now a passion. So the book just helps you kind of think through some of these things and really ask yourself some powerful questions so that you can write down what your value package is, who you mm-hmm. are. And I think it's that kind of self-awareness that, you, that we all need. And once I figured out who I was and my value package, then I was able to really 
go after and assess very, very quickly whether job opportunities align with what I want in my value package. And I was able to say, no, you know, thank you very much, but no, I don't think this is the right opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. And conversely, I was able to think like, oh, yes, this is exactly where I want to go and exactly what I want to be doing. And as you had mentioned, that leads into another step that you had mentioned in the book, promoting your value. So once you've defined your value package, how can you go about promoting your value in a professional way? That is one of the steps, and that's important. That, that, this is where I struggle mm-hmm. because I grew up in a family, and when I was young, bragging was looked down upon. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, completely looked down upon. So anytime we had a compliment thrown our way, I mean, what we did in our family is we kind of made fun of it or, you know, dismissed it or just brushed it off or anything. And so I kind of incorporated that into my career. And so anytime I got a compliment or anything, just kind of, you know, brushed it off a little bit. But I started realizing as I was struggling a little bit in my own career, and I was, I was laid off a couple of times very early in my career, I started, you know, doing some of these deep exercises. And so I struggled with, I, I felt like if I did work, that was valued, then my manager, it was her job or his job to promote it and recognize me and talk about it in the company or whatever. I just, I just looked at it that way. That's a bad way to look at it because our managers have other people that they're managing. They have tons of projects that they're doing themselves, that, that their direct reports are doing. They don't have time to go off and you know, promote and recognize every single success. So we have to learn to do it ourselves. So I had to learn to nudge myself into promoting my strengths and successes. And that was very hard for me. So a lot of, the, a lot of that chapter is around how I nudged myself out of my comfort zone. But specifically, one tip that I want to share with your listeners is talk about results that you've had. Don't necessarily talk about projects you've been on, initiatives you've been on, teams that you've led. Talk about the results of those teams. Talk about the results of the project, the results of the initiative. Talk about how maybe if you were on a sales team that you met or exceeded the sales quota by at least 10% for the last six consecutive months. That's an example of talking about results. And you need to get very comfortable with that. So when you share your message, I want to see your results very clearly in your resume. And the way you do that is think about quantifying your results in terms Mm -hmm. of dollars, numbers, or percentages. So when I pick up your resume, I want to see a lot of quantified results, dollars, numbers, or percentages. I want to see that. And I want you to have that in your resume. And I also want you to be able to talk about that in your interviews. That's how you're going to stand out from your competition. And so one of the final steps that you had listed in the book was measuring the success of your brand. So once you've put this all together and your resume's ready to go, your cover letters, you feel prepared for the interview, how can job seekers confirm that their personal branding that they've developed is actually turning out to be a success? That's actually step five. And I Mm -hmm. think that it's important to write down. So an example would be you know, take a moment after you've, after you've incorporated these five steps, say for a couple months or something, then I want you to take a piece of paper and I want you to write down each of the activities that you did. So maybe you went to, let's say you went to a networking event, you know, uh, December 12th. And let's say you spent two hours driving there, going to the event, meeting a few people. Okay. I want you to write that down and then draw a line on your, on your piece of paper. And next to it, I want you to write what the result was. So maybe the result was maybe out of that one networking event, maybe you had two pretty good job leads or you mm-hmm. made, you know, you feel like you made 
two pretty good connections. Okay, that's pretty good. So you can look at that and think, well, okay, if that event comes, comes up again next month, maybe you want to invest time in that. Another thing you can write down is maybe you spent last month, say you added it up and you spent eight hours on job search websites. And you, let's say, let's say the result is you applied for maybe 15 jobs and you didn't get callbacks on any of them. So it's, you applied for 15 and you had zero job interviews. Okay, well, maybe that's not a good, a good use of your time. Maybe something else you did, maybe you had lunch with uh, one of your connections. And maybe in that lunch, they gave you a, a really good job lead, or they afterwards introduced you on email to somebody that, that could potentially have a, a job opening. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So by doing these things and listing out the different types of events and activities that you're doing for your job search, and then really thinking about what were the results, you're able to kind of create a pie chart on what's a good use of your time. And I think what I really want to share with your listeners is that 85% of jobs, 85% of jobs are going to people who have a referral within the company. Mm. So that somebody that they know in the company who can say, yeah, Jenna is great. Jenna is really great at connecting people and, and being a career coach. We need to hire Jenna. So you'll find that if you think about your job search in a pie chart, 85% of your pie should be going towards networking and creating mm. relationships and nurturing relationships and getting back in touch with people who could give you job leads and referrals and recommendations. That's where you want to spend 85% of your time. And then only 15% of your time should be going towards just, you know, online uh, job searches. And I think that's an important bit of advice because I think people, they think of networking as part of the job search process, but they don't think of it as the majority of the job search process. Right, right. So as we're looking to wrap up here, I wanted to ask if you have any stories of someone you know or maybe a client that you've worked with who is able to develop an effective personal brand, and maybe that personal branding actually helped them land a great job. So the majority of clients that I work with are professionals who want to change their career and mm -hmm. go from one field to another field. An extreme example that was a wonderful success story is a woman who came to me and she was a director in IT and she'd been very successful in IT, very high powered executive in IT for a Fortune 100 company. And she came to me because she was around 45 years old and she was a single parent. Her child was just entering college and you know, ready to move out and take care of himself. And so she came to me because she really wanted to open her own wine bar. And I mean, that is a you know, 180 degree turn in a career. So she wanted help doing that. So that's, that was a wonderful example of rebranding, completely mm -hmm. rebranding herself. And so it was more of a matter of networking. It was more of a matter of she did put together a resume and it, it wasn't a, in a situation like that, an extreme situation, it's not your resume that's going to get you the job, but uh, you do usually need a resume to kind of supplement when you're with uh, any kind of hiring manager or corporation or franchise, you need, you know, you need some kind of a resume. And so in that situation, it was more calling out really customer service and some entrepreneur type of skills and projects that she had when she was in IT. So I think that was, was really an example of uh, kind of an extreme situation of, of rebranding. And she was able, she became a franchisee of a, a really great wine bar. And so she actually moved from Arizona up to, I think it's Oregon. Oh, wow. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> 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 so, 
Yeah. Yeah. So it, it happens all the time. And I think the message I want to share with your, with your listeners is that it is possible. It doesn't matter what your age is. And it really doesn't matter that you've had all of your, you've spent all of your life in one particular industry or with one particular company or in one particular job role. It is possible to change. And, you know, you might need a little help doing that and, you know, getting a career coach or a, a resume, you know, professional resume writer, something like that. But that's that's really just tactics. I mean, that's that's very easy to do. A couple sessions, and that should be it. You should be able to go on your way and and find that next career that really excites you and fulfills you. And with that final message, we will conclude the show. You've been listening to our guest Sherry Thomas talk about the importance of building a personal brand. Once again, her book is Career Smart: Five Steps to a Powerful Personal Brand. And you can also find out more about Sherry by visiting her website, careercoaching360.com. Thank you again for sharing your insight with us today, Sherry. You bet. Happy to. Thanks for the opportunity, Jenna. And of course, we love to hear from you, the listeners, as well. Send us your thoughts or suggestions to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or find us on Twitter under at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm Jenna Konar, and good luck with your employment endeavors.